0: Hello and welcome to episode 131 131 of the Loud and Proud podcast. Um, Maybe you listen to it on a Sunday night, maybe you listen to it on a Monday morning. But um, whenever you listen to it or wherever you listen to it, thanks very much for listening. It's another jam-packed show. We're going to keep it going here. We're going to have plenty to talk about with Loud going on and what's happening. I left you last week with a bit of a cliffhanger (laughs) and as soon as the show was over... And I got a couple of phone calls. People want to know who what was the big transfer. What was the shock transfer? I didn't like to break the news. I didn't like to put it out there straight away in the open without it being kinda verified or seen or I didn't want to mess it up or I didn't want to get in there and kinda just name someone without without kinda I suppose without yeah, being fully verified and vetted and knowing what the crack is. Um, had to hold off and not name, and then it was broken. Then on the on the Sunday, but rumours were all around the county anyway, and a lot of people did get in touch, and a lot of people have since got in touch. And the main transfer news uh, is Tommy Dornan; he's looking to go to R. St Mary's from the Westerns Club. Um, it, I suppose I'm gonna I'm gonna do a separate podcast on it during the week because there's plenty of talking about it at the moment. But I'd say just the main reason why it is probably a hot topic is probably because there's not a lot happening on the field. There's it, it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it's heightened it's, it's heightened its importance. There's not there's nothing happening on the field, nothing happening for the next future. I know there is kind of there's soccer and gay, uh, soccer and rugby on at the moment, but there's no kind of GA kind of matches to look at matches to preview matches to react to so Tommy Thornton's transfer has taken on a life of its own and a lot of people are getting invested in it and a lot of people are talking about it so I, I'm no different but I didn't want to name it last week but a lot of people did get in touch and yeah, am delighted to inform it at that time but um, I suppose you could say it's kind of gone vi- viral it's kind of like a Netflix series that's taken off and people want to know what's happening because there's nothing there and yeah, so I'm going to get into that in a full, probably in depth during the week. But uh, yeah, so there's there's plenty of rumors. Keep sending them in. Uh, I don't think the obviously they, there's going to be hearings. I mean, I've, I have a number. I have about 18 and 19 listed transfers here in front of me, and uh, from people who sent them in and just asking around. Um, so there is there is uh, transfers going but majority of them are signed off by um, the two clubs so there's no problem at all that's grand they move on um, it's usually the club that leave don't sign it the secretary doesn't sign it or the chairman, chairperson or the committee doesn't sign off and those are the ones that need a hearing and um, what I'm hearing is that there's there's a there's a obviously there's going to be hearings and they're currently going to be taking place over Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever, whatever, maybe it'll be FaceTime or whatever, something like that, and that's how they're going to get the transfer hearings done. Um, so they all have to be wrapped up, so it'll be probably, probably be the first week in February by the time, maybe the Tuesday in February, um, but I will let you know when that podcast is out. Like I say, it's, the, it's that time of year where I... Um, do the best Sky Sports, uh, Jim White impersonation, and go through all the transfers. There is some really good ones there, some really promising ones. Players that didn't work out with, with their their home clubs and they're going to somewhere else for a new fresh challenge. There's uh, lads, still young fellas, that want to move along. Um, but some very interesting ones. So I'll get into that more and I'll probably, yeah, I'll get into Tommy and his move and the impact of that move um, during the week as well. Um, so yeah just a couple of things to follow up on, on during the week and uh, thanks very much for all your suggestions really good really helpful in kind of aligning some kind of content there for the next couple of weeks but yeah keep sending them in and uh, keep sending your transfers like i said and uh all feedback is is welcome it's looking like we're going to be doing say with no football i, I can't see a national league Happening, like I said, I kind of indicated that, last, hinted at that last week. So I definitely can't see it happening. Um But I, I'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, what definitely is happening in February is the All Stars. So going to do something on that. Um Like I said about Sam Mulroy. going to have someone on there from the All Star Committee and quiz them and see why why Sam didn't get one or why the, the selection committee decided not to. Um, Pick, pick or how they pick the players, how they're, how they're kind of identified and named and narrowed down and what have you. So that'll be interesting. Um, probably, yeah, a national journalists have him. I don't want to say who it is, yet. Yeah, just yeah in case he hears this and doesn't want to explain it all. But uh, the next, I suppose, yeah, What also what is happening is next month in February is the Laurie Maher All Stars. They're going to be named, and looking at, it's looking likely that Loud will probably have um twelve, maybe double figures um, in in all stars in Maher Like you could probably have a full fifteen, maybe a couple maybe for Man will probably give it a couple and maybe Cavan will get one in it. There's three teams in it. But yeah, that that's going to be held there's gonna be a ceremony next month to pick those. Um, so definitely get something on that as well. Um really good year for loud on the Horland front and uh, hopefully, to build on that this season. It's kind of yeah. What 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 I was referring to there was um, actually before we get into that, we had a great reaction to the Harlan uh, did this week with Pierce Oak, and it's uh, with Jerry with Jerry Smith, Jerry Junior Smith. If you didn't get a chance to sign, listen to it, sign up to patreon.com forward slash Loud and Proud. And it's just it's it's it could happen any club, and the way I see it, it could happen to any club. Um, sorry yeah here's Ger here's now straight away I'll get into that and I'll just give me thoughts on it afterwards yeah so this this could be like this could be kind of a warning tale for other clubs as well you
1: know uh, yeah massively like if you let Underage go by the wayside for three four years like your club could all of a sudden be like that's Two age groups that you're going to be missing at some stage. And to make up two age groups is very hard, very, very hard, because you're not having a constant train of players into a senior team or a junior team or an intermediate team. Or you don't have that, you know. Then you start with the amalgamations around rage, and you have yeah. serious, serious trouble then when you're getting, getting the senior. And of those, of that minor team, you had. Four joined into that minor team, and of them, four only one is interested in continuing on to play. You know, so the whereas when I, Jesus, when I played underage, you're getting 10, 11, 12 players come from a minor team straight into senior training the next year, you know,
0: yeah, and interested and enthusiastic. The the community, like, you you come in as a panel, as a bunch of players, rather than coming in as an individual, like.
1: Like when they're nowadays when they're all playing underage, when they get to senior, they don't see the link to the adult team. Like when I was younger, it was the adult team that were coming down coaching us on the Saturday morning. Whereas now you have the lads who coach the adult team also coming back down to coach the underage and that. So they don't see the lad who's playing on the forty on a Sunday coming down to throw the balls from on a Saturday morning, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's why I always.
0: Yeah, this the way I see it. GA is it's it's all about volunteers, and the volunteering is kind of suffering. And there's not a real push on it. It's a lot of, like regardless of COVID and what have you, people's time now is more precious. It's there's a lot more demands on it. There's a lot more demands on say the 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 male in the household rather than than years ago. There's a lot more expected of them to have to be. Um, kind of a more of a fifty fifty role. They can't just go out and train teens and, and forget about it. at home. That to be more of a care at home. That to do more the cooking. They have to do more. It's more fifty fifty, more equal. Um, but maybe that's kind of going again. The kind of, <sighs> what would you say the volunteering where you you are looking at um you are looking at people that don't have the time anymore and then with work eating into that time as well and that, that that's taken more um of a priority as well and rightly so too but it's just seeing that slowly but surely the GA has been taken away and then there's paid roles there within the GAA we spoke about that with Ger. and that's taken away this kind of taken the um what would you say it's kind of t- it's, it's taken the the impetus for or the motivation for kinda of volunteer to get involved if to see someone getting paid there's that kind of apathy there where they don't want to get involved and it's it's kinda of showing and it happened in Pierce Oak and that's a Horland club in Dundalk with a very big catchment area. Um and you can see that happening slowly but surely in in, in football clubs around the county. Amalgamations underage, failing to turn off, failing to uh, field teams, um the core of the club kind of getting older and older and older the committee men committee women just have that kind of older older kind of uh, status in the society and it's just waning and the young people aren't getting the fresh blood in sure enough yeah they'll come in with it with their own sons and daughters teams which is happening in the kind of ladies is booming as well there's a massive turnout in ladies football in underage girls playing and that's brilliant to see but it doesn't seem to be crossing over Uh, 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 maybe it's it's because it's more of a traditional role that the, the people aren't kind of thrown at and taking their chance the, the ladies football is seen as something new something vibrant and something to give the ladies an opportunity that they never had where the lads are taking it for granted but just just a couple of thoughts there on that if you have anything do do get in touch and see am I talking horse crap or not but it's um it's definitely a warning a warning tale I called it the cautionary tale of Pierce, Pierce Oak because I, I, I can see it happening and with clubs that are underage and what have you, it's just slowly but surely and waning and waning and waning. And I don't know, I don't know how they're going to turn it back. Maybe the COVID will make people realise what they have in their localities within their five Ks, something wonderful, and they want to work with the, with the youth and in their area and work with their own um, children and get them out and get them playing. G A again because such a good sport such a unique sport where you're playing from where you're from and nothing is heightened where you're from more so than the covid because you can't you can't really go anywhere else and um, you're within your area and it, it's opened your eyes to where your area and what your area has to offer so yeah that bit of a uh, bit of deep thinking there but it's uh, something to be identified kind of kind of spoken about as well because i thought it was very poignant um interview with jerry he was he was emotional about a club that has fallen away and i it's nearly i don't want it to happen to any other club either in this county so um yeah I, I, been a bit of doom and gloom on, on this podcast i must say um but here, a bit of positivity just before i get into a little bit more negativity a um, couple of reactions to the retirements more people have stepped away and a couple of loud links there as well you see michael darren Macaulay, he's um he stepped away from uh, Dublin. He's retired. Um, what a midfielder he was. What an unorthodox midfielder he was. He didn't kick the ball for the first probably five or six years of his career. Um, he's probably one of those players you hated to see. You you didn't like the way he played but you admired the way he played. He was tough but you just couldn't kind of go by him. Actually, even again the Blues and again the the Pats as well, they came across each other in the, cl- in the club championship and he's just kind of that kind of hateful figure um, that the dubs had and you didn't want to get to to like him you wanted to kind of get a dig on him or a clatter on him and it's mad perceptions change off the field I met him off the field once um, at, a, at, a, at a thing and he was 100% sound new stuff could could uh, could interact with you it's just mad how, how kind of perceptions change like no better than myself Once you walk across Them white lines You might be a completely Different person But it proved the case With Michael Daryl McGawley And his midfield Partner underage Which was unveiled Last This First lockdown Was uh, The docks at the half And captain Brian Gartner So those two boys Joined up in the middle Of the field For um, Bally Bowden Underage Will they, will, will Will Gartner kind of Sign him up for Sean O'Mahony's He's now in a couple of years I don't know That'll be great They went Cartland plays for the Sean O'Matneys as well. Um, Keith Higgins, he walked away from Mayo. What a player he was! Corner back, played in the fourth. He did it all. Horler as well. Maybe he'll, he'll drive into the hurling for Mayo. But he won a Sigerson Cup in Dundalk in Dundalk IT way back in 2005. Um, hell of a footballer, uh, hell of a baller, um, really tenacious, really good man marker, really good attacking corner back as well. But yeah. He was part of that IT, Sligo, Sligo IT team. That one actually was the first two in a row, but they, they had a hell of a team back then. Andy Moore and Mayo, team mate. load of lads from Russ Common. Um, actually loads from Donegal, Carl Lacey, Eamon McGee, Kevin Cassidy, Christy Toy. Can you remember all those chaps uh, playing at the time? In Dundalk. Um, I wasn't living in Laird at the time, but we were trying to... Living in England, playing in England, we we're trying to get home for that tournament in Dundalk. But yeah, it didn't happen. But so we watched it on the telly, on TG Carr like everyone else. But yeah, really good team. Um, and then Paul Mannion, another fellow another, uh, fella just walked away. He's not retired. He'd probably be back. But he was mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the Breen's podcast about nutrition. He's a vegan and um, he went full vegan, and it's, it hasn't affected his performance. Um, contrary to John Hesson, who was also on that. Uh, <laughs> Brian Garton podcast so yeah that's that's just a couple of loud um, intertwined kind of loud strands back to it <coughs> also during the week yeah just th- this is kind of going to end on this kind of little bit of despair that 2021 it, it probably it, it, it kind of it, it was mentioned during the week it was an article on RT um, Damien Lawler did with Fitz about the stadium with Aiden Barrel as well that um they're, they're making ground, they're going to make, um, they're putting a to hopefully start in the summer of 2021. And it's kind of just kind of struck. Mickey Hart comes in and like 20 2021 so far started off with a bit of despair um, like that for a lot of people, especially for Loud GE because you think this is going to be a hell of a year for Loud. Mickey Hart in charge for the National League early on. We push on for the for the championship as well. Maybe push into Leinster final, or we maybe if we don't, we go on and win the the Talton Cup we'll have a great season and push on to the club championships. Then we push on with the with the stadium. It could be a massive year. Even even if nothing was going right in the field, we would have still been talked about. When the profile would have been lifted and lifted. It's just a bit. It's just a bit of despair that it hasn't been. But um, it, just reading that, it was great to see that the stadium progress is still going on. Still going ahead. And you, you would have seen that um where well I don't know, I'll tell you now, Aiden Barrow says that we're, we're the first probably county we're the first county in well over a decade to build a brand new uh, stadium from scratch. So that's something to really hold your focus on. I mentioned last week the pick a house draw is going quite well too and just when you see that, it's funny, Like we've been prudent, uh, there's a chart out once again, and the Irish Times do it nearly every year, and we're perennially down the bottom of those charts of spending on uh, county board expenditure, and we're just below Kilkenny, I don't know, maybe Kilkenny reached the hurling final, uh, no, semi-final, sorry to a bet by Waterford, um, so yeah, like we're not big spenders, we're prudent around those sort of um, things, and you kind of wonder like, could more money be spent on the team last year? Could we pump the more resources into it? And maybe there is a bit of a turn. People are saying, "Oh, it won't be that. It won't be that small next year." But you can kind of see where Fitz are. He comes from that mindset of being a manager, being a player, so he's going to drive and push the kind of budgetary constraints on the team push that forward and make it higher and push it on to make it higher and higher and put more kind of um, money into the team. Both teams, like that's a team that also, like I mentioned, they won a Mark Cup as well. So, Fitz will be pushing the boundaries out in there to get more money into it and maybe, hopefully, we'll rise up down charts. But they're interesting. Maybe there's some stuff not accounted for as well. Um, I don't know what way. It's really worked out. Um, but check it out on the Independent.ie to see. But, um, yeah, that looks like to to be it for for the podcast this week on the Loud and Prayer Podcast, episode hundred and thirty one. Um, thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Like I say, I'll be doing I'll give my thoughts on Tommy Dornan's um move to the Mary's. That'll be in a separate podcast. Probably out yeah, Tuesday. Um, just the ins and out the impacts on it and just the whole kinda just to kind of give it a full kind of discussion. And an overview on on, on what way the transfer will go down. But um yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all for this week. Thanks very much for tuning in and I'll chat to you again next Sunday. Or if not, I'll be chatting to you during the week. Um like I say every week, mind yourself and if you can, mind someone else as well. Good luck. Bye bye.